You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 8. For the director of music, according to the Giddith, the Psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? A son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The text this morning is from Psalm 8, verse 2. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 8, David speaks with great excitement about God's glory and majesty, about his power. God shows his almighty power in nature. And if you look around in nature, then, then maybe you can also feel that excitement of, of David when he sees God's beautiful work in nature. But David knows that it is not just in nature, also in the way he, he created and also upholds mankind. Man, such a small and tiny creature in his vast creation, Nevertheless, God gives an important place to man in his creation, even made him ruler of it all. And then David summarizes, when he thinks about it, he summarizes it in all these words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And if you look at Psalm 8, that is what David starts with, and that is what he ends with. It's a summary and the conclusion of this psalm. First, he begins with it, and then he elaborates on it and explains why God's name is majestic, and then he closes with it again. And this psalm probably was a psalm which had its place in a temple liturgy. In the Old Testament, the worship service was quite different from the New Testament. In the New Testament, it is the congregation who sings, and the congregational singing has replaced the choirs and the music about which we read in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the people of God did not come together in a temple every Sabbath day. They did it in their own places. They had their assemblies in their synagogues. But the worship service in the temple, the house that God chose for his name, there it was through choirs and many other musicians that God was worshipped. 
And Psalm 8 had a place in the temple worship service as well. And then if you look at Psalm 8, verse 1 and 2, as well as verse 9, were usually sung by a choir. And then verse 3 through to 8 by soloists or part of the choir. And this way of, of singing emphasizes the message of the psalm, which is the first and the last verse, but also verse 2, which was also sung by the choir. It is then, in fact, the reason, verse 2 gives the reason why David came to this conclusion and why he made this psalm. Therefore, I proclaim to you the word of God as it comes to us in Psalm 8, Summarized under this theme, from the lips of infants, of, of children and infants, God has ordained praise. So from the lips of children and infants, God has ordained praise. It can happen that an event or just a very simple thing that happens in your life awakens certain thoughts. In you, And then you start thinking about it, and from the one thought, the other follows, and it all leads to one conclusion. How great is God? And that is probably how it went with David as well. Imagine a beautiful day, a couple more months, then we have that again, that we have a beautiful weather that you can sit outside. At the end of a beautiful day, you're enjoying the nice weather. It is Sunday and you are not in a hurry. You have the time. Tomorrow you don't have to get up early maybe. Well, usually you have, but imagine you don't. You have time to just sit and relax and enjoy the beauty in God's nature. To get impressed by the beautiful sunset and thereafter the moon and the stars appearing in the sky. In the meantime... You hear some of the noises from the houses around you and from the street. The car coming around the corner with lots of noise. The driver deliberately revving up the engine with its noise breaking the serene quietness of the evening. A few seconds later, you hear a voice shouting, someone who's angry and starts cursing, misusing the name of the Lord. You cringe when you hear it and, and gone is your amazement over the beauty of God's creation. Those curse words still sound in your ears and it is hard not to get annoyed and let it spoil your evening. But then all of a sudden, you hear a child singing. Maybe one of your little children or maybe your grandchildren. It sings a song that it learned not so long ago. I love the Lord. The fount of life and grace is often one of the first songs that little children learn to sing. Yeah, I know the new version of Psalm 116 is different, but a lot of us have learned this old version when we are still young. Even before children go to school, sometimes they, they learn this song. And often when they sing their songs, they sing it with heart and soul, with such a joy that it makes even adults smile. And when you hear that, then all of a sudden that echo of the angry neighbor is gone. Disappeared in a wind as, as vain words usually do. And you are filled with amazement. How God establishes his glory from that song 
of that little child, out of the mouth of children and infants. You, God, have established strength. You, Lord, have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. How true are these words. And how often can a joy of little children with which they sing their songs or speak about the Lord put adults to shame or make harsh and evil words of adults seem so vain and hollow? Isn't it the children whom the Lord Jesus gives us as an example? Matthew 18, when the disciples were fighting about the question who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, then the Lord called to him a child, put a child in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humble yourself like a child. It is not in great words. It is not in human wisdom or glitter or show. But it is all in humility, in weakness, that God's power is made perfect. And that is also what David thought about. What a power What a strength is there in those words that come from the mouth of a little child. Children and infants, even though they are so imperfect in grammar often and in pronunciation, or even they can only speak one or two words at a time, still they wholeheartedly do it to the glory of God. Even though it does not fully understand the meaning of all the words a child is singing. I mentioned that, that old version of Psalm 116, the old rhyming, it was full of great words, supplication, consolation, and more difficult words. Nevertheless, how many children are there not who grew up with these words, who were able to sing this song from that from a moment that they were very young, who loved to sing this song, even though they did not fully understand the words of the psalm. Nevertheless, they are prophets, who prophesy the wonderful message of salvation. In fact, wasn't it the same with the prophets in the Old Testament? Doesn't Peter say in 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1 verse 10, that the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be revealed in Christ, they didn't really know what they were prophesying about. They understood that they were talking about things that surpassed their understanding. Nevertheless, they did prophesy because the words they spoke were the words that God put them on the lips. And isn't that also with children when they speak and sing the words from God's word, that they are prophets, even though they do not fully understand the contents of their message. And when you hear all the eloquent speeches and lofty words of all those politicians who, with all their eloquence and wittiness, try to outwit the other, to seem smarter than the other, to win over the votes of the people, it's a constant quarreling with words, a constant battle to outdo the other with your words. Or if you look at the people around us constantly complaining blaming anyone else except themselves for all that goes wrong in their lives, always quarreling about unimportant things, turning molehills into mountains, 
And even among Christians, there is so much idle talk, vain words, even sometimes filthy talk. It must put us to shame. When our Lord teaches us that God can just as well or even more use the children to establish strength and glory and praise. God does not need us adults to do his work. And often the words from the mouth of little children are much stronger and more glorifying to God than all our many words and all our reasoning. And therefore, who does not become like a child, like this child, the Lord Jesus said, he will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It is important that we remember, brothers and sisters, that God made his covenant with the believers and with their children, as we heard this morning in the form for baptism. Children belong to the covenant just as well as adults. And it is also the children whom God calls to glorify his name. And it is the children whom God is using to glorify his name and to establish strength. Satan knows it very well and he fears those words coming from the mouths of little children. Satan, he is the ultimate foe about whom David speaks in our text. And the enemy and the avenger, they are the seed of Satan being used by Satan to fulfill his plan. But God now, against this enemy, God uses little children to resist and silence these foes. How powerful then the words of these children must be. It is not with earthly weapons that we have to fight. It is not with swords, not with guns and rifles, not with rockets and planes and bombs that we fight the enemy. The enemy is not a being of flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, as Paul says in Ephesians 6. And the only weapon that is effective in our fight against this enemy is the armor of God. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And these are all descriptions of the word of God and of our faith in which we believe God's word. We must have a childlike faith, Christ teaches us. That faith must shield us against all the attacks of Satan. That faith makes us strong because it relies on God. And when we grow up and leave our childhood behind, let us then not give up that childlike faith, brothers and sisters. Let it be a childlike faith that for God nothing is impossible, that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that we cannot always understand God's doings, but let us trust with childlike reverence and trust that what God does is good. David was humbled by the words, the song of a little child. And then even more, when he looks up at the sky, it is getting darker. And when it was dark in Canaan, then it was really dark in the days of David. They had no electric lights like we do, not the many lampposts and other lights which we have around us during the night. So when it was dark, then millions, even billions of stars were visible. 
impossible to count them. And then David says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have created. What is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? That again emphasizes how important it is to humble ourselves. There is nothing in ourselves that makes us worthy of the great honor that God has bestowed upon us, that we are made almost like God, crowned with glory and honor, that we are created in God's image. Created in God's image, that means that we received gifts which no other creature received from God. And one of those gifts is the gift of the word, communication. God speaks to us and we speak to God. That is the most important part of the relationship between God and us, the covenant, that we receive his word and respond to that with our words of praise and thankfulness. That was, that is what God created us for. That is why he put this entire creation under the feet of man. So that man would use it to serve God and to glorify Him. And that he would do so while living within that relationship with God that the covenant is. On the one hand, working in this creation, discovering all the wonderful things that God put in His creation, developing science, discovering the laws of nature, and much more, making great things, And on the other hand, at the same time, living in communion with God, walking with Him day by day, praising and glorifying God, that God made mankind ruler over all things, that shows that science is also something that God gave to mankind to use and to study. It is not that science is the enemy of faith. It is not that we as Christians should stay away from science and the study of nature. Science also is a gift from God. But this gift must be used within this relationship with God to serve and to praise and to glorify God. Through the fall and sin, that communication with God was broken. We used the word, we use the word often still, not to praise God anymore, but to curse God and to gossip and to slander and malign and fight each other. The good gift of the word and the communication became the weapon of Satan, who is the father of lies. And now he uses the word to twist the truth. But also now through the work of salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, now Satan and every enemy of God can be stilled and will be brought to silence through the word of God, which is the truth even if this word is spoken by little children and infants. Then here on the one hand we have those who put a trust in science, put science higher than God's word, they reject what God says in his word, and they ridicule all those who have a childlike trust and faith in God, as if they are believing in fairy tales or stories that are long past their best before dates. But then we have there on the other hand the believer little children or adults with a childlike faith who believe what God says in his word and who say God's word is true, 
even though the whole world may seem to believe the opposite. And even the greatest scientist will not be able to take this faith away, because the word of God is powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. Those who want to do great things in this creation will have to start with giving up all their pride and humble themselves and become like a child and be willing to listen to God and speak his word. God does not need a strong and a wise man of this age, not the emperors, the presidents, governors. He does not need those who build for themselves great palaces or those who find their strength in human wisdom or institutions or armies or whatever, those who build their wealth on this earth. At the end, all that they use to make themselves important, also that is created by God. It is all God's possession, and when they die, they cannot take it with them. And when they stand before God with empty hands and burdened with the sins of the arrogance and pride, then all their possessions cannot save them. Imagine that children, babies, infants, are building a strong fortress, as we sing in Psalm 8, against which the staunchest atheist and godless people cannot do anything. They cannot even start to tear it down, not even one brick. Children, as soon as they start speaking, they can speak about God, and their words are powerful. David connects these words out of the mouth of little children with this vast creation, the firmament, the moon, the stars in the sky. It is immense, God's creation. And it all speaks about the glory of God. This entire creation but also the mouth of babies and infants speak about the glory of God. It is important for us to remember that when we have the task to raise children, it is important to remember that also as grandparents, in your contact with your grandchildren. Oh yes, I know also little children can fight and quarrel. I know all about it. They can be difficult. They can do many things that are not good. They also are conceived and born in sin. Already from the very first beginning, Satan is working hard to win them for his case, to draw them away from God. And therefore it is, it is of the greatest importance that right away from the beginning, we do our best to tell our children about God, to instruct them and have them instructed in this Christian doctrine, as we promised at their baptism how important it is, especially in the beginning, to sing with the children. (coughs) Little children, even when they are very young and can hardly talk, they will recognize the songs. You sing with them every evening, every morning, and after a while they will sing along. And it won't take long before they will sing these songs themselves. Therefore, don't wait until they go to school before you start practicing the psalms and hymns with them. They can do it way before that. And don't do it because it is so cute that you can hear your children singing. But do it because it is the will of God who desires to establish strength, to establish a fortress from the mouth of children and infants. Children, they are covenant children. They live in a relationship with God. The covenant, just like we do. God gives them His promises. Just like we saw Confirmed again this morning in the sign and the seal of those promises in baptism. 
And now he also wants a response. He wants them to grow up and as soon as it is possible to respond to his promises in professing their faith. And they start doing so already when they are little, even though it is in very simple words, or words which they don't know the real meaning of. That's the beginning of it. It is God's desire to establish strength already out of the mouth of little children. And when they grow up, then don't stop singing with them. It's a good custom every evening, for instance, after supper, to sing together as family, all together. Not only when the children are young, but also when they grow up or go to high school or even become adults. Through little children, God decides to still the enemy, enemy and the avenger. That does not mean that it is only children who can do so. But it means that we all have to become like children if it comes to faith. And we all have to sing wholeheartedly for God like the little children do. There is so many filth, so much filthy talk in this world, so much cursing, so much idle talk, so many mouths being used by the devil. And the devil loves to hear that. And what the devil does not want to hear, that is the singing of God's children and all the witness of the believers. Therefore, let us sing. Let us rejoice in the Lord. Let us praise his name. Even in situations that others don't hear us, we don't always understand how our songs can silence the foe and the avenger. How can our words silence them if they are not there? But every time when a child of God sings a song to the glory of God, then the angels in heaven will hear it and rejoice with us. And the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, they will hear it. And all those demons around us will hear it. And they will be discouraged. As Paul says in Colossians 3, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts, to God. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.